Online audience, again, we are so glad you're watching. Ania, I know you're on. I'll see you Tuesday at Leadership Small Group. Linda, I'm so glad you're watching. Tell Marie, we said hello. Online, we're so glad you're there. Why don't you go ahead and comment and say where you're watching from, what you're doing today, what your costume's going to be. But man, we're so glad you're online. And our, our, our live audience is now seating. Can we just give our online audience a clap today? Glad you're here as well. And so also, if you're brand new with us, man, we are so glad you're in the house, man. We want this to be a place where you can belong before you believe, a place where you can find hope and healing, a place for you to know God, not just church, but know God, so we can find freedom, discover our purpose, and so we can make an eternal difference. And so, man, if you're brand new with us today, let's just clap and welcome you, man. Thanks for being here today. We're going to have some fun in the lobby today. Selena, Missy, you're online as well. We're so glad you're with us. And so we got a great uh, service plan today. Now, uh, we are in a series or a collection of talks entitled Perhaps God. Perhaps God. And uh, if you just, if you've been believing God for some things, I want you to grab that Perhaps God card in the black canopy. And I want you to say, Perhaps God will. I want you to write on that card. You can slip it on that, on that rack that we have back there. Our team and I, we are, we are crying over your cards on Thursdays. We are praying over those cards that we receive. We're taking them. We're not leaving them out for everyone to see, but we're taking them with us. They're in my uh, possession. And man, we are believing that God's going to move heaven and earth. God's going to move heaven and earth. Not just so we can get stuff, but so that we can say, God's real. God loves me. God has a plan for my life. But also I want you to be prepared because next week, next week, uh, my title, my message is perhaps God will heal me. Perhaps God will heal me. And I'm just really believing for God to heal us right here at this church. Heal us during worship. Heal us during the message. Heal our bodies. Heal our minds. Man, I'm believing. Uh, man, I, I, I have hearing aids. I, I don't want to wear these anymore. Amen? You know, um, I'm just believing that signs and wonders do exist today. They do exist today. And it shouldn't be weird. Can I get an amen? All right? Shouldn't be weird. How cool would it be like, well, hold on. God healed me. So anyways, and the... You know, but if that happens, I'm probably going to run out of here crazy, all right? Take these shoes off and, you know, just go, you know. But, uh, but I want you to prepare with me this week, uh, whatever you can do, whether less social media, less Netflix, you know, whatever it is, you know. And, uh, and will you just increase your expectation for next week? Increase your expectation for next week. We're also, we'll be doing communion next Sunday as well. And so join me for communion. And uh, uh, it's going to be beautiful, beautiful. So turn your Bibles real quick to 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13. And the Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots and 6,000 charioteers. And the soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. So what does this mean? There's a lot of bad guys. There's a lot of bad guys. They went up and they camped at Michmash. And I love the, even the meaning of Michmash. Michmash means hidden treasure, east of Beth Avon. When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical, these are, these are the good guys, this is us. They saw their situation was critical, that the army was hard pressed, it was getting tough, it was getting difficult. I'm cornered. Have you ever felt cornered and like stuck? Anxiety begins to, begins to get leveled. And they hid in caves and thickets amongst the rocks and pits and cisterns. They hid wherever they could find a hiding spot. Like playing hide and go seek as a grown man. I fit nowhere, all right? Like behind the water heater. And I love this. And some Hebrews, these are the good guys, even crossed the Jordan, they ran away. 
They said, I'm good. Bye, Felicia. And Saul remained at Gilgal. And all the troops with him were quaking with fear. Saul was the king of the Israelite army. But one day, one day, I'm praying that one day becomes two days. But one day, Jonathan, son of the king, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, someone who was assigned to him to carry his weapon, said, come, let us go to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. I don't encourage that, but it's a whole other sermon, all right? Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. This was like a big, you know, just like, like a, you know, like I'm calling him a bad name. But he says this, perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Perhaps God. Perhaps God. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or whether by few. And I love this. You've got to be careful in your faith journey who you're listening to. You've got to be careful in your faith journey who's around you. There are seasons in your life where you have to kind of mafia some relationships, all right? And you have to slowly remove yourself for such a time as this so that you can go back into the relationship and be an influence instead of being influenced. That's so good right there. Come on. And it says, do all that you have in mind. His armor bearer said, go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Father, thank you for your word. I think your word is living. It's active. I think your word is available to us. Your word speaks to us even in 2021. That Jesus, I pray today by the power of your Holy Spirit, don't let this just be information, but let this be transformation that forever changes us as individuals, but also changes our family, changes our workplace, changes our environment. That I pray after today, you'll heal us, you help us to make a difference for your praise and your glory and go Las Vegas Raiders. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm trying to pray for the bears, but I just, I just can't, you know. Perhaps God. Now, here's what I love. I love 1 Samuel, and I got a lot to say today. When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical, they, and hard-pressed, they hid. They hid. You know, I, uh, I, you know, I, I helped uh, coach a wonderful um, uh, football team, uh, Henderson Crush. And uh, I played football in junior high and in high school. And uh, I've used this illustration before, but it just fits perfectly. Uh, because I remember I was a young guy on the football team, but I was still big, uh, fast enough to play, things like that. And as a, as a what, freshman, I went to the varsity game, and I was suited up, and I knew I wasn't going to play. I knew I wasn't going to play. My dad was always like, get up next to the coach. You know, get up there and say, put me in coach, put me coach. And I was like, no, uh, the situation is pretty critical, you know. And, uh, and I'm pretty hard-pressed because I'm young, and there's seniors that are bigger, faster on that line. And I was a defensive tackle. Uh, and, and so I just, I hit. I hit in the back. I blended in. I looked like everyone else. I remember about halftime, after halftime of the third quarter, one of the uh, uh, seniors got hurt. Got hurt and kind of pulled off the field, and that was my position. And I remember I didn't step up and go, put me in, coach! I remember I was in the back going, oh, okay. And how many of us, we hide in plain sight? And I said, okay, I remember my coach kind of looked around, and he turned, and he looked right at me, and he goes, Bosma. I was like, yeah, coach. And he goes, what are you waiting for? An invitation? And I said, yeah. 
I am. And I got to run and play into the game. But here's what I really believe. I use that illustration because I believe with all my heart that we hide when we believe God's not going to use us. And for many of us in this room, you're probably like me. I need an invitation. I, I, need, I need God to tell me to go across the garrison and to defeat the Philistines. I need God to tell me exactly what to do. You know what's interesting is this was 1 Samuel chapter 13 and 14. But if you keep reading your Bible to 15, 16, and then 17, the same king, Saul, and the same army, after having a big victory we talked about two weeks ago, uh, they, they, they go back and they have to fight the Philistines at another area, all right? So they won here, they got to move ahead, and that's so much like our Christian faith, right? Like, I got, I got over this addiction, this issue, this sin, and I'm moving along, and now I have to fight again. And so I love this, though. It's Saul, he's hiding. They're afraid of this Philistine named Goliath. And this little boy, David, said to the Philistines, hey, I love David. You know, there's something about this next generation that's like, I'm not afraid. I believe God can do some incredible things. And he said, you come with me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. I'd be like, shut up, kid. You know what I mean? Like, who are you? You have no experience. Where have you been? And I love this. And David said, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And how many love this? This is a Bible story we tell our children, right? David killed Goliath, right? And this is David. He goes, I will strike you down. I will cut off your head. And I will give dead bodies to the host of the Philistines, the day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. Amen, right? Right? We're doing that in Avenue Kids right now. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm totally kidding. David killed Goliath, chopped up his head, put the dead body. Okay. And I love this. David continues to say that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That all this assembly may know that the Lord saved. Not, not me. Perhaps God's going to make me look awesome. Perhaps God will reveal himself. So the Lord safe not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. Here's what I love for David. His perhaps was bigger than his doubt. Right? His perhaps God was bigger than his doubt. Now, how many of you heard the Christian uh, kind of trendy phrase like, like uh, you know, don't, 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 tell, don't tell your God how big your mountain is. Tell your mountain how big your God is. Right? But I think for many of us, we're the mountain. For many of us, we're the mountain. This stops us in so many areas of our life. And when doubt creeps in, trust me, I've done so many things in my Christian life, terrified, but I'm still doing it. I'm still progressing ahead. And so maybe if you're taking notes today, and maybe you even have your sitcom notebooks, but if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. Perhaps God will use me. Perhaps God will use me. Perhaps God will use me. Now, before I get into this message, I want you to know there's a major difference between being used and abused. Being used and abused. And somebody in this, in this room today, you're like, I was used and abused. And, I don't, and Avenue Church, I want you to know, my wife and I, Pastor Lindsay and I, we did not start Avenue Church to use people to build a church. We started Avenue Church so we could build people. That's what it's all about. 
If you go to Connect and you say, hey, I, I want to know my spiritual gifts, and we're going to, you can text this to our number and get a test back, and you can take this test on your phone and begin to learn your personality type and your spiritual gifts. What we're going to do is we're not going to take you and just throw you into an area and say, you, you serve here because nobody's there. What we're going to do is we're going to place your gift, not fill positions. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, for by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not, don't think yourself highly that he ought to or better than anyone else, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith. So there's faith. Perhaps God will. Perhaps God will answer my prayers. But then it goes on, for as one body, we have many members. We have many people in this church, and the members do not all have the same function. Thank you, Jesus, right? I'm glad there's different functions. So though many are one body in Christ, not individual, not individual members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service, then serve. The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in ex exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Why do I read all this? Because we were given faith and gifts, and we got to use them. We got to use them. We got to use them. And I understand there is a difference between God using you there's a difference between people abusing you. We never want to abuse anyone. But I'm convinced the enemy uses people to abuse people so that you don't use your gifts. And that's very terrifying. That breaks my heart as a pastor. But sometimes we say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm highly gifted. I'm so, I mean, I can, I can do this and that. I can sing. I can do accounting. I can greet. I'm a people person. I'm an extrovert. I'm an introvert. I am so good at all these things, but I really want you to understand that we are not God's gift to the church, but we are God's gift for the church. I'm going to say that one more time. We are not God's gift to the church, but we are God's gift for the church. And can I just add one more thing, including the pastor? I'm not God's gift to the church. I'm just a gift. I'm just a, a, part of the, a, a part of the body. I'm just a member. But there's so many things that we're, I want to begin to talk about today. We say, perhaps God. Perhaps God will use me. Perhaps God will build my faith today. Perhaps God will use the gifts that he's placed on the inside of me. Perhaps God. But a lot of times in our perhaps God moment, I, I think a lot of times we say, perhaps not. Am I right? Can I be real today? Right? Perhaps God, and maybe some of you are sitting in this room going, perhaps not. I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm, I'm not my first rodeo. I, I've been in church a long time, or I've been in organizations before, and, and perhaps not. I almost put perhaps not. Nah. You know, kind of write more. You know, but perhaps not. And the reason why we say perhaps not, I don't think it's, a lot of times it's intentional. But there's a price to pay when we obey God. I love that Jonathan turned his armor bearer and he said, perhaps God will give us a victory. Because my God is awesome. My God is big. And his armor bearer said, I'm with you, heart and soul. You know what they were sacrificing? Their lives. Their lives. It was all or nothing. But the problem is, we say perhaps not, 
when we focus on what you lose instead of what you gain. And hear me out. I get it. I, I totally understand. There are people in this room, you understand the price of what you lose and what you gain. You understand that. And I believe there's people in this room, you're, you're, you're terrified of getting involved because your personality says, I'm going to get involved. I'm all in. I'm 1,000% in. So therefore, I, can, I, I can't be in at all because of the season I'm in right now. And I get it. I understand it. But a lot of times we say perhaps not when we focus on what you lose instead of what you gain. You may have a team that comes here on Saturdays, sets up, makes sure this is all great. You have a team that comes Saturday, uh, Sunday morning, sets all this up. You know, can I just tell you, there's a team, uh, there is a, an, a, there's an incredible family. They get their teenagers up on Saturday morning once a month, and we go down to the pop-up market, and we open up cases of boxes, and this last Saturday, we did 30,000 pounds of food at Clark High School. And here it up. And then they turned to Avenue Church and they said, you guys are incredible. Can you go to Brindley Middle School? Because there's nobody there. And so we left one pop-up market site, went down to Brindley Middle School. Nobody was there, right? The crates were all assembled. And our entire our church of 14 people, we got to town and we gave away another 30,000 pounds of food. Can I tell you? I lost a few things that day, you know, time, you know, uh, uh, like calories, you know, like, like I, I sleep. Can I get an amen? I lost sleep. But can I tell you, I gained so much more. I gained so much more talking to people in their cars, talking about the, just their life and, man, how we bring hope to them once a month. How, I just, but here's the thing. A lot of times we go, uh, uh, my career won't allow me. It's not your career. It's your priorities. Yeah, you know, I'm just in a season right now, and hear me out. I never, ever want to sacrifice my son. I never want to sacrifice my kids to ministry. That's why he's in the ministry with me. So, man, we can't focus on what we're going to lose instead of what you gain. Because here's what I've realized. Purpose produces. Work dies. If you walked away from your company and your career right now, would it leave a legacy that's eternal? That's eternal. And can I tell you, I've worked in a church where my work has died. And I haven't seen my purpose produce because it was the right purpose. We were just busy. We were just busy. But we weren't making a difference. How are you doing? Busy. That's not a good thing. How are you? Making a difference. Number one, sometimes we focus on what we're going to lose, what we're going to gain. But number two, when you can't see... What God sees. Because a lot of times we say perhaps not, because you're just like Moses, where you're saying, I'm insecure, I'm afraid, and I'm inadequate. And man, sometimes the biggest enemy is not the devil, it's enemy, it's you, it's us. We talk ourselves out of making a difference. Because we have to have some sort of perfection. Can I just tell you, we are, we are disenfranchised. We are, out, we are outcasted. Man, we are sinful. We are messed up. We're not perfect, and that's just the Avenue staff. Come on. But can I just encourage you today? I love this. In Exodus chapter 3, the Lord shows up to Moses in the burning bush. You've probably seen it in the movies, right? Charleston Heston or the cartoon or, yeah, or the weird Christian Bale one. And God's in the burning bush, speaks to Moses. He says, and I want you to catch this. I want you to 
I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. I have come down to rescue them. Can I put it in context for today? Like I have seen what took place in 2020. I've seen what took place in 2021. I know what's going on in their homes, in their minds, in their spirits. God sees it. So God says, I have come down to rescue them. Perhaps God will rescue us. And I love this next portion. So now go, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. And Moses is like, I'm, I'm the one in need of your services. Can I be real? Like, I'm sending you to heal God's people. I need healing. I'm sending you to save people and lead them to Jesus. I need healing. Like, I'm jacked up. And God says, you're perfect. And Moses says this, but who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and the Israelites of Egypt? But God said, I don't care who you are. I'm with you. I'm with you. I put giftings and talents. I put purpose on the inside of you because I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I love this. And when you brought people out of Egypt, when you do it, not perhaps, you will. When you do it, right? I'll bring people out of Egypt and you will worship God on this mountain. Can I just encourage you today that every, and listen to me. Come on, you can clap, right? But listen to me. I'm fired up about this because I, I believe I've had a kind of a, a, a revelation of this. That all of us, I want a spiritual encounter with God. I don't want to do church the way we've been doing church. I don't want to just go, hey, man, three songs, preach, you know, and get out of here and go to lunch. But I'm saying, God, I want a spiritual encounter. But can I encourage you that every spiritual encounter with God in the Bible always led to action? God knocks Saul off his horse in the New Testament. Saul of Tarsus. And God says, like, quit murdering Christians. And, and he goes, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul goes, who are you, Lord? And you know what God does? Blinds him. He's blind for several days. Gets healed. All of a sudden he goes, I had an encounter with God. Totally transformed. I was atheist. And now I'm a Christian. What does Paul do? Writes the, writes the whole New Testament. Most of the New Testament. Goes from city to city, starting and launching churches because every spiritual encounter always led to action. God says, I'm going to save you, redeem you, but I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. I'm not going to abuse you. I'm going to use you. It may cost something, but I'm going to use you. And guess what? When I use you, you're going to find fulfillment that nothing else in this planet can bring you. No person, no job, no career, nothing except being used by God brings fulfillment. So maybe you're in this room today. I want you to write this down. I may be afraid, insecure, and inadequate, but I'm available. I'm available. Perhaps God will use me. I may be afraid, terrified. What if they find out? What if they know? Maybe insecure, like they don't want to use me. And how can I make a difference? Or inadequate, I've never done it before. I don't know how to do it. We will train you. We will help you. We'll never just throw you into an area and go, good luck. I want to make sure that I'm available. So Jesus, Pastor Jeremy Bosma, I'm available. I'm available. And I love this in 1 Samuel 14. Johnson said to his armor bearer, perhaps God will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder 
God. You will be saying, I want you to kiss this right here. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. There's several things that Jonathan's saying. I want you to write this down. Number one, perhaps God will use my voice. Perhaps God will use my voice. Perhaps God will use my voice. I love this in Matthew chapter 16, right? Perhaps God will use my voice. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Perhaps God will use my voice to prophesy. Perhaps the devil's been using my voice with negativity and doubt. But after today, I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to speak good things. I'm not saying positive vibes. I'm saying biblical promises. I don't need Care Bear stuff. I need faith today. Man, perhaps God will use my voice, whether it's singing or instructing or edifying or encouraging. You know, if you go into a place and you begin to edify people, you're going to see their demeanor change. Perhaps God will use my voice. Matthew chapter 16, whatever you, uh, uh, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Perhaps God will use my voice. Number two, perhaps God will use my steps. Perhaps God will use my steps. I love this. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delight in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fail. And can I just, I'm going to put this back up. Can I just tell you, a lot of times we're afraid of failing, therefore we don't move. And I'm afraid of failing. Understand? Like I had less to lose when I was younger. Now that I'm older, I got a lot more to lose. But my faith shouldn't change. But perhaps God use my steps. Perhaps I am so in love with Jesus that he's already directing my steps. Please don't go somewhere and go, God, I'm over here. I want you to do this. Perhaps I'm following in the steps of God. The promises of God. Perhaps God will use my steps, but also perhaps God will use my hands and my feet. So I love Jonathan. He said with his voice, perhaps God Come with me. We're going to go over there. Then he uses steps. We're going to climb up and crawl up. He uses hands and his feet. I love this in Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, proper worship. When we serve, we're worshiping God. When we go to the grocery store and we're positive and we say, hey, I see you. I'm proud of you. Thank you for stocking the aisles today. We go to your workplace and say, hey, I saw what you did in that last report. Thank you that you're making a difference. When you're at Avenue Church and you say, I'm not okay, will you pray for me? Because I believe perhaps God will. Perhaps God will answer my prayers. This is your true proper worship. Do not conform the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Perhaps God will use my hands and my feet. I really struggle with this because I don't want to abuse people. I, want, I don't want people to just come into our church and be like, go, set this place up. We're portable. You know, like, tear it down. I don't want to be here for, you know, I never want to have that kind of heart. But you know, I've been places, and the Holy Spirit's spoken to me. I have been places where I'm just a guest and I'm not in charge, and I say, I want to do something. I want to be used. So I want to make a difference. I don't want to just take space. I want to be used. I want to be used. So maybe that's you today. I encourage you to go to Connect starting next week. We also have Connect bowling online. Today's our fifth Sunday. We're about to go trick-or-treating outside. Come on, somebody. I encourage you, if your first time today and you're saying, I want God to use me, go to Connect.
Go to Connect next week, all right? But also, legacy giving. On November 21st, this is where not only do we propel the vision of Avenue forward, but also we have some great projects that we're going to be introducing. And so I want you to say, how can God use me like a servant? And, and man, I'm going to get in a small group, and I'm going to make a difference in my community, in my city. But also, God, you can use my money. Because a lot of times money can go further than we can go. And I just want to make a difference in our city, in our nation, and then across the world. But you know what I love is that Jonathan, he did the 10%, and God did the rest. Jonathan said, perhaps God, and I'm going to go up there. Killed about 20 guys, right? He knocked them out cold. The armor bearer killed them from behind. God caused mass panic and hysteria, and God did the rest. And he actually had the Philistines attack one another. And to begin to uh, make such an impact. But, uh, uh, team in the back, I want you to do this real quick here. And I love this. All right, Matthew chapter 25. It says this, to the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Each according to his ability. Then he went away. Now I want to pull this up because anytime we talk about talents, right, Talents, this is the Jesus parable where, um, this is Jesus' parable where he's actually talking about our giftings and our talents. But he's using money back then. So if you've grown up in church, you probably heard this in a serving message. I want you to read this. Say, five talents to one guy, two to one, and one to another one, each according to his ability, each according to his measurement. That's what we've been talking about. And I love this. He says, and now after a long time, the master of the servants came back. And he who received five talents came forward, bringing five more. So he doubled his talents. He said, Master, you delivered me five. Here I have made five more talents. This is what the master says. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, this is what we're going to hear when we go to heaven someday. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I see what you did. You made a difference. You made an impact. You've been faithful with over a little. I'll set you over much. There are people in this room today, you're saying, I believe I have the capacity for more. And God's saying, you do. I need you to be faithful with little before I give you more. Then he goes, you know, entering my joy. Awesome. Master, you delivered me two talents. So I've made two more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. From the one talent came forward. He said, Master, I want you to catch this. I knew you were a hard man. So I took that one talent, and I was afraid, and I hid it. Just like with Saul and his army. He said, I knew you probably weren't going to win. So we hid in caves. Because the situation was dire. I was hard-pressed. It was difficult. So I hid my talent. Here, have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and lazy servant. You ought to have invested my money with bankers at my coming, and I could have received what was my own with interest. So he took the one talent from him, and he gave it to the one with the five plus five who has ten talents. For everyone who has more will be given, and you'll have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And, what, and, and I want you to catch this. And cast... The word, can I just say, a lot of times, as preachers, we stop right here. Right, hey, hey, you got five, double it. 
Five more. That's good. Good and faithful. Hey, you got two, two talents. Like you're good at two things. Like, like I can sing. I, I can sing. Pastor Jeremy can sing. No, I can sing. I, I can sing. I can preach. You know, I can tell jokes and preach. I really just have one, okay? And then the one, like at least I, I have one. So I'm going to double that one. And a lot of times we stop here as preachers, but we never read this next part. We go and cast the worthless, lazy, one talent servant into the outer darkness. In the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm going to get to this in just a second because, I mean, that's, that's, uh, this, is, this, is what they, this is hell. Like, never mind. Because what do I do if I'm in this room? Can we go to the next slide? If I'm in this room and I, ha- I only have one talent. I've said that many times. Lord, I just, I'm not good at anything. I can't do all this or that or this stuff. I'm just, I don't even know if my one talent can work here or work out there. I, I was in a conference this last week. I'm going to be transparent with you. There's a program I use called Logos Bible Software. It's where I purchased, I mean, several thousand dollars of commentaries from, from theologians I love and know and trust. And, and I, I mean, I just thousands of articles. I used to be able to go to my concordance in the bookshelf and go, and like spend hours trying to find what the Greek word means, all that. Now it's on, the, on, on, on my fingertips. So I'm listening to this seminar, and he's like, Logos, it's Bible software. And I'm like, I have the program. I know how to use this. I was kind of tuning him out. And he goes, do you know there's a measurement converter in here? I was like, I'm sure there's lots of stuff in there, you know? And he goes, did you know what one talent really means in today's currency? And I was like, that's interesting. Like what? One talent? thousand bucks? Two, two grand? And I love this. When he popped it up on the screen, it said, one talent is one million two hundred eight thousand dollars. And that convicted me because I've always said, I just got one talent. God said, it's, it's, it's worth 1.2 million. Your talent is so valuable. That's all I have. But can I just understand the guy with 10 talents got the guy's one talent. Now he has 11 talents. He has over $13 million. Can I just encourage you today? It's not the portion, but the proportion that makes a difference. So I got one talent. I've hit. I'm afraid because I know God won't use me. And I know God has a measurement. And I know all these things. And I want you to see this here. I love this. According to this theologian in the Bible exposition commentary, it says the outer darkness of Matthew 25, 30, which we just read, does not refer to hell. Even though that is often the case in the Gospels. We've been a national teeth. We've been a national teeth. But it says the man was dealt with by the Lord. He lost his opportunity for service and he gained zero praise or reward. That is outer darkness. That is outer darkness. God wasn't casting him to hell in his little talent story. God was saying, it's going to feel like outer darkness when you don't use what you got. It's just going to be, every every week we, we say, Cracked it a little bit. One talent. Cracked a little bit. But every week we say, you know, the gospel isn't making bad people good. 
The gospel is taking people who are in darkness into the light. I grew up in the darkness, but I found Jesus. Now I'm in the light. I'm knowing God. I'm on a journey of finding freedom, discovering my purpose. I'm making a difference. I want to make a dent in our city. I'm going to make a dent in my family. I want to leave a legacy that goes beyond this year, this century. But man, I just want to encourage you today. Will you go back, um, go back to the very last, perhaps not for me. And I really feel like for a lot of us, our perhaps not, our major thing that stops us is church hurt. Is church hurt. Can I tell you, it hurts. For a lot of us, we have, we have church hurt. I don't know, it's like, it's like six slides back. We all saw it, and then I went as fast as I could away from it. But we have church hurt. Or maybe you signed up and you said, I want to I be used. And maybe in that process, you started getting hurt. And can I just encourage you today? Church hurt is abuse. People hurt you, but God didn't. God didn't hurt you. And can I just encourage you? You're, you're disagreeing with me here today. And, and I, I, people do things in the name of God, but they're not representing God. I totally understand it. And I'm so glad we have a church that's life-giving. We're not perfect. I'll let you down. I try not to. But I love this. It says, God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And this is how love is made complete among us. That we, that we will have confidence on the day of judgment in this world that we are like Jesus. Because there's no fear in love. You don't need to hide. I understand the enemy, he's going to use church hurt and keep you hidden. He's going to use church hurt and say, don't you dare go to connect or don't you dare serve in this church. Don't you dare go back to the church you left from and don't you dare serve them. Don't you dare make a difference with your voice, with your hands and your feet. Don't you dare. I need you to hide because I don't need you making a difference. Because if you start making a difference, you're going to save many people and lead them to Jesus Christ. And I love this. It says this, out of there is no fear of love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. I'm going to end here today. But I just want to encourage you. I want you to see this slide right here. That God is love. Now do me a favor. I'm going to pray with you today. I want us to enter into worship for just a second. And then we're going to have fun. Our hosts are going to come up. We're going to go have some fun in the courtyard today. Next week, perhaps God will heal me. Perhaps God's going to do something amazing in this church. Something supernatural, but natural. Please stand with me, please. I'm going to pray with you just real quick this morning. But I want you to see 1 John chapter 4. God is love. God loves you. So Heavenly Father, I just pray for every single person that's here today. So Father, I pray, reveal us today how much you love us. Father, I pray for the dreams and the desires you place on the inside of us. That Jesus, I pray you begin to do such a work. You begin to heal us and touch us. The Father, I pray for those that are in this room today. They've been hurt by people. Even, even people who say they're godly. That Jesus, I pray, heal their minds, heal their hearts. 
that to just a moment, Holy Spirit, I pray, reveal yourself to us in such a measure that it gives us peace that surpasses the pain, peace that surpasses all understanding. That Jesus, I pray today, you begin to do such a work inside of us that when we walk out of here today, we say, I will make a difference. I will make an impact. I may have one talent or two talents or five talents. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of burying in the ground. But perhaps God will use me. Will you just lift your hands out? I want you to invite the Holy Spirit into your life, into your heart today. Go ahead, worship team. The Holy Spirit, pour it out. Pour it out in a greater measure today. In Jesus' name. God, thank you that you are love. Thank you, your, your peace. closed if you're in this room today as you say I don't I don't know Jesus I don't know this God never realize that God does love me and God does have a plan for my life that God wants to use me for his praise and his glory and he'll never abuse me but if you're here today you say pastor I want to know Jesus I want him to be my Lord and my Savior I've, I've, I've known church and I've known tradition and all those things. They're wonderful things. 
If I want to know Jesus as my, as my Jesus, as my Savior, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you today, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. But just put a hand up, put it right back down. Yes, anyone else? Up, right back down. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else? Up, right back down. Yes. Yes, I see you. Anyone else? Come on, this is incredible. On Halloween, people are giving their lives to Jesus today. So anyone else? Come on. Church, I love you. Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. So I'm going to live on purpose and on purpose. Say, I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.